welcome to the podcast. What? Oh yeah! Listen here, baby. Dig it? You understand, baby? What? First name John, last name Baker. Uh huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I am your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. And boy, am I fired up for today. Uh, Today is a special show. Last week we had our first guest and we're coming right back again with another guest. This time it is part of the Brethren of the Junk Bays uh, group chat. We got AZ Jarhead. He's coming in and we're going to talk about our most underrated top 10 wrestlers of all time so it's gonna be vastly different from my previous list of the top five most overrated which after this doing this show i believe i could go back and rework that entire thing and i could get an entirely different list (laughs) but uh hope you all enjoyed last week's episode of woodstock 99 i loved having allison on the pod she was an excellent guest. We're for sure getting her back on here again. And hopefully you all checked out That's So Dolphins Talk. It was a incredible game that me and Triggs got to watch this past weekend. It was just absolutely incredible. Speechless throughout that whole entire second half. And we hope you enjoyed that. We hope you rate, review, and subscribe to the Podski. And we also hope that you follow us on Twitter at the underscore Podski and give us the follow on Facebook, share it, like it, love it, retweet it, all that good stuff, because we're we're shucking and jiving right now. And uh, but let's get into this week's episode of the top 10 most underrated wrestlers. All right, welcome into the pod ski. We got our guest today. It is AZ Jarhead. What's going on? How's it going, bud? Uh, it is going great. We are going to do our top 10 most underrated wrestlers of all time. Wait, I'm- wait. I thought this, I thought this was Dolphins Talk. <laughs> let's just let, dude, let's just jump right into it, man. Top 10 most underrated. Ready? I got Chad Henney, John Beck, Reggie Roby. Who, who you got? <laughs> Tyler Pigpen, <laughs> Sammy Knight, definitely not Ted Ginn. Oh, man. He's, he Cleo, not. Cleo Lemon not. is the biggest one. Cleo Lemon. I was going to ask you, how, how did Cleo Lemon do this weekend? I know I know they won the game. Dude, he was slinging it around six tutties. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we are doing a list of the top 10 most underrated wrestlers. Uh, I've got a great list of 10. I don't know. You got a great list of 10. So let's hear your, let's hear your number 10 first. What you got? Well, I think, I think where we got to start, you know, when you, when you get on a wrestling podcast, right, you, you should, you should say your pronouns up front. So everybody knows kind of who you are. And, yeah. and I think that the pronoun should be um, your favorite wrestler. So my, my pronouns are, are heart and savage. <laughs> Just to get that out of the way. Oh my God. Look, I'm super excited to be here, man. I think, I think this is awesome. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the pod. Obviously we know each other, you know, from way back too, but uh, all the episodes so far were awesome, man. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yep. Well, thanks for coming on the pod ski. 
and uh, I'm ready for this one. I'm fired up. So I think like you, you kind of did your, um, you did your list a little bit different than I did. And in full disclosure, obviously I'm a little older than you. So my, my wrestling generation is a little bit different than yours. Right. So the way that, the way that I kind of wanted to do mine um, and the way I was thinking about it over the last couple of days was, um, you know, for me, all those years growing up and, and being a, a, a mega fan of wrestling of every promotion I could, I could get my eyes on. Right. Um, I always knew, obviously, Benoit was underrated, right? And Owen Hart is underrated. And, and you know, Kurt Hanning has always been an underrated guy. For me, I wanted to kind of go a little bit deeper. That I wanted to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a deeper cut and, and some some deeper tracks, you know, with with my uh, with my top ten. So you're gonna get, you're probably gonna hear some some guys on mine that are gonna be a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit surprising for you, and maybe even a little uh, surprising for the for the audience too that might not be super familiar with some of those guys. So that's kind of that's kind of the approach I had with it. I just wanted to look a little deeper with mine, you know, with guys that were kind of off the radar. Um, so how how did how did you come about putting your list together? Uh, my list was basically people that I thought about uh, whenever I was watching and just thinking about them, just they never, ever really got over the hump. They were always kind of just always in the mid card and they were never really over the top guys like they never, ever got that really big push to the top. That's basically how I thought about my list, which is okay, awesome. there, and there there is a common theme throughout all of mine. Cool. The, okay. The era and like the exact like style of wrestler. Sure. Not okay. Looking at it. <laughs> okay. So I mean, I'm I'm happy to go first. So you want me to jump into it here? So, or if you want to go first, which whichever is good for you, man. No, you go ahead. Okay. So for my number ten, um, I picked a guy. I picked Savio Vega for number ten, and you know that's a guy that that I I honestly I just never appreciated that guy at the time. Um, when I was a fan, you know, he just, he just was never my type of, my type of wrestler when I was watching it in my, uh, in my formative years, right. As a, as a teenager and early twenties, stuff like that. So, but that's definitely a guy that over the course of time, I've come to really appreciate. I've really come to appreciate his work. You know, he's, he's never really had the character, um, never really even had the body to get over, especially in the WWE. Um, but you know, the, the guy was a hell of a worker, man. And that, that Caribbean strap match with Austin, I think is just, is phenomenal. I've seen that match a bunch of times. It's one of my, one of my favorite all-time matches. You know, I, I really think that, that Savio did a lot of, a lot of really good work to kind of get Austin over with the crowd. And I don't think people really appreciate that that much, but you know, for, um, uh, for, for best matches too, um, I really like the, the WrestleMania 13 match, you know, with, with him and crush and Farouk, um, when they took on, um, they took on LOD and Ahmed. That, that that match is pretty good too. So my number ten is definitely Savio Vega. I like it. Yeah. So like you're you're a huge fan of the new generation, and that's like my dead zone of like wrestling knowledge because I just I I've never done like a deep dive into the new gen era, and it's like one that I really want to do. I just never know like where to like where to start. I always just think about like, well, hell, I already I already know that. The attitude era is right around the corner. So why don't I just jump to the attitude era? That's that's my big block that I can't ever get past. And I know the new gen era is great. And there's great wrestlers in the new gen era. I just and there's never some, did. There's some some the, the the colorfulness of the characters. You know, uh, both just just in terms of of character and in terms of presentation on the screen um, is very colorful. And and I think that the the new gen is is a really fun really fun era of wrestling. Yep. Uh, so my number ten. This is strictly for the boys. <laughs> it's just gonna for sure pop you too. I got Dan Barry coming oh, in man. at number ten from of course, of course you do. <laughs> Dan the man, three doors Dan 
We adore you, Dan, is uh, from VPW Wrestling. Uh, that is a small promotion that is in Long Island, New York. And uh, full disclosure, Mr. AZ and I went to CVPW earlier this summer, and that's where I found Dan Barry, and he was incredible. And he had a match with Mike Anthony on that show, and it was just so awesome. Loved every single second of it, and that is my number 10. Yeah, what a great guy, too. I mean, we, we talked to him a lot after the show. We all got a bunch of pictures. That was a, an awesome an awesome time hanging out with him and kind of, you know, kind of picking his brain a little bit and having fun. And we had, the, uh, we had uh, Teddy Mongoose in, in tow for that, uh, for that show, too. That was a good trip up to Long Island. We did, and even got a cameo from him as well. That's great right. Guy. That's right. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, number nine. Who you got number nine? Okay, so for my number nine, I went back even further with this one. So um, I've always been a really big fan of world class. You know, I, I, I did I did some of my schooling in Dallas uh, at one point, um, and I had friends that used to go to the Sportatorium a lot um, growing up when they were kids. So I was I was really familiar with um, with a lot of those a lot of those uh, wrestlers down there, and, and a lot of the characters down there too. Um, especially kind of you know hearing hearing crazy stories from those guys too. Whenever I was uh, you know going to school down there, but my number nine. Uh, Gino Hernandez, uh, gorgeous Gino for me is definitely a top 10 most underrated guy. Um, you know, the, the dark side of the ring, I think, you know, put a little bit more of a spotlight on him that a lot of people weren't familiar with, but this is a guy that was an unbelievable heel. And, you know, it's, it's easy, it's easy to say, you know, was this guy ahead of his time, but a lot of the, a lot of the workers in that time period were excellent at what they did. They were phenomenal on the mic. They, they were unbelievable heels. They were unbelievable baby faces. So, and, and Gino, Gino, even for that era, stood out as an unbelievable heel and just a, just a really arrogant, cocky guy. Um, I mean, the, the, the hair versus hair match with him and Chris Adams when they took on um, Kevin and Kerry Von Eric, man. I mean, that's a, that's a great little era of wrestling to check out. But even, even going you know earlier than that, um, before he even came to world-class, I mean, he had a really good, a really good series of matches, really good feud with, with um, Jose Lothario, believe it or not, you know, the guy that, that was in Shawn Michaels corner for, you know, for a while. So mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a really good area to go back and watch, but the guy really found his groove in world-class man. It's so fun to watch those old promos and those old shows. And what a, what a, what a great story. I mean, what a tragic story, but uh, you know, a great story in the, in the realm of, of wrestling lore. Um, the, the whole situation with, uh, with Gino Hernandez, it's a shame he died when he did, because that guy, that guy was right on the doorstep of being something really, really important and really famous in the, in the sport. Yeah, that is a great um, dark side of the ring. I would say it's my favorite one. I mean, all, all of them are pretty good, but I think the Gino Hernandez one is my favorite one. Yeah, I, I really, it kind of sucks they're not really bringing that back anymore because I think yeah. they killed that. But hopefully they bring I think, it I think they, I think they killed themselves with that is what happened. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> uh, my number nine is Tajiri. Okay, uh, nice. I always thought that Tajiri was awesome and he just never, he was one of those guys that just never got over the hump, but he's a classic. He was never going to be anything higher than what he ever got to just because he was so small and a big man's world. We all know that New York loves the big guys, uh, but he, he had a great gimmick with the, the mist and just the the strange style of it wasn't a strange style but it definitely stood out compared to the rest of the roster um i i one thing i always liked that he did was the tory wilson angle whenever he was trying to steal her as and get her as a manager i always thought that one was really good 
but a really good Tajiri match was the Cruiserweight title match, and it was on an episode of SmackDown from September 25th, 2003. Um, I, I just I just love Tajiri a lot. I, I just never think he ever got his due, and he has some good road stories about how he always acted like he never knew English, but he loved Burger King Whoppers. That was always a really good tales of the road they always threw out there about Tajiri. Who doesn't love a who doesn't love a good Burger King flame flame grilled whopper? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's obvious, yeah. But uh, awesome, that's a great one. His ECW stuff is fantastic too. Yeah, and and then again, that's another spot that I feel now you're you're exposing me to the to the audience because ECW is out of my wheelhouse that I just never I I've seen I've obviously seen a, a ECW, but I've never like done the deep dive into ECW and. Uh, that is one of the things I need to do for sure. Instead of watching the same stuff over and over and over again. Well, I think honestly, man, a, a lot of people, they, 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 they have rose colored glasses with the ECW stuff. And when you go back and watch it, um, you might be a little disappointed. It might not be as good as you remember it being, but if you look at certain matches or you look at certain feuds and you go back just to look for those kind of things, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable for the, for the time. Uh, what a, what a special place they have in wrestling, man. And and they've done a lot, you know, they did a lot over the years to kind of influence a lot of other people and to give a platform for a lot of guys to go find work, you know, but, um, and a lot of those guys got work there and they got a paycheck. Well, I mean, most, most of the time they got a paycheck, you know, but they, uh, <laughs> You know, they they there's there's a lot of guys that got over there and, and became national names where they never would have they never would have been able to do that otherwise. So I think that the just ECW's got a really special place in the in the, the pantheon of wrestling, right? But but I mean, sometimes going back and watching that stuff over and over again, you, you might not like it as much as you used to. But when you go back and look at certain things here and there, you're gonna think it's really great. Yep. Uh, all right, moving on. Who you got at number eight? Okay, well, so that, that great segue here, Baker. So I mean. Yeah. This, this number eight, you know, this is this is one that um, I wanted to make sure was on here because it's, it's it is very special to me. So number eight is Tracy Smothers, and um, you know, I, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time. You know, I, I've met a pretty good amount of celebrities over over the years, and I'm not trying to you know be hashtag an humble brag. Yeah, I know, but like you know, I, I I did run into people you know here and there through through whatever through whatever means, but um, you know, and I met I met a lot of wrestlers growing up too. You know, going to shows and going to going to conventions and, and signings and things like that. But I'll never forget Tracy Smothers hanging out with us outside the Altoona Jaffa Mosque after an ECW show. Man, that guy was just an unbelievable human being. He was so genuine. He cared so much about the fans. He treated everybody he met with equal respect. He's, he is absolutely the best celebrity that I've ever met. And just being able to hang out with that guy and talk to him and ask him questions about wrestling and hear some stories from him over the years. I mean, that, that's just something that I'm never, I'm never going to forget that no matter how old I get. So I was really, I was really, you know, uh, sorry to hear that he had passed away, you know, and, and that the last couple of years were not, uh, we're not, we're not great for him, but you know, man, he was special in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, man. There, there's so many matches in there. That guy really had his groove in there, man. Those Candido matches were phenomenal when he was wrestling Chris Candido. I mean, that's another guy that could be that could be on these lists too. But mm -hmm. you know, I, I always love a good Cool Miners Glove match, <laughs> you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, he had the, the primetime Brian Lee matches is a favorite of mine too. You know, the the Cool Miners Glove match. So the guy wrestled everywhere. You know, I love the FBI as silly as it was, and and believe it or not, he when he was in USWA. 
um, which is a promotion that is a is a big time guilty pleasure for me. That I, I go back and watch that stuff all the time. I love I love USWA wrestling, but he was he was in the Nation of Domination in USWA. So it, he's he had some <laughs> some really funny facts and some really funny gimmicks over the years that um, that were just awesome. Like the guy was willing to do anything, man, and he and he was just a really really humble guy, a really genuine guy that that was just a, a, a lot of fun to be around. Right. And everything that you just said about Tracy Smothers is everything that you always hear about Tracy Smothers. Like no one ever has a bad thing to ever say about him. And that is just testament to who he was. Sure. Sure. Um, my number eight is uh, Billy Kidman. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I always thought Billy Kidman was awesome just because whenever I started watching Smack, because uh, whenever I got in, it was that early 2000s. and right after WCW got bought. I I always remember watching SmackDown and always seeing him do the shooting star. And I always thought the shooting star was just awesome. And just the way that he did it to me as a 10 year old looked phenomenal. And looking back now, not as great as what it was, what I thought it was, but um, also noted fact, he probably has an underrated hog because he was with Tori Wilson for all those years. I mean, so he, he's a double. It's, on it's important to say that it's important to get down on the record that we, <laughs> that we think that he's got an underrated hog. <laughs> underrated hog and underrated wrestler. Billy Kidman was hog wild before there was a hog. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, one one Billy Kidman match that I do remember. An, another one from two thousand and three. L- look at me, guilty pleasure. Uh, January second, two thousand three, against Guerrero, and literally we can say anything we. Anybody that got in the ring with Guerrero, he made him look like a million dollars. So you can only imagine how good it was. It was just uh, spot after spot, just moving fast pace, just the way that I like it. Because, you know, I'm a spot monkey. <laughs> and our our our, uh, our pool tonight for everybody out there, you know, feel free to call into the show. Feel free to email. <laughs> does, Billy have the, does Billy Kidman have the biggest hog in Allentown? That's what we need to figure out. Mm, mm. That is true. Well, uh, hit us up on the underscore Podski on Twitter and let us know how big you think his hog is. Excellent. Excellent work. <laughs> All right. Segue into number seven. Who you got for number seven? Yeah, speaking of big hogs, I got number seven here. I've got Miss, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff is number seven. <laughs> he might, it might be a little lopsided on one, on one side, but yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Orndorff is one of those guys that, that I don't know if he necessarily got lost in the shuffle, but that Saturday night's main event work, um, especially during the the run where he had with Hogan, is absolutely fantastic. And to be honest with you, I, I think that I think those Saturday night Saturday night main event shows um, during that time were were some of the best some of the best wrestling that was ever on television. I mean, mm-hmm. those, those shows are phenomenal, man. Going back and watching them is a lot of fun from start to finish. You know, they're they're an hour long. You're you're in there. You're out of there. There's action. There's really good stuff. It's a great. It's a really great production. I mean, that that probably is my favorite show that's ever been ever been on nationally in in uh, in wrestling. But you know, with with Orndorff, I mean, great physique, right? Super super awesome physique. Mm-hmm. Very believable heel. You know, did a good job as a babyface too. I mean, the guy main evented the first WrestleMania. You know, but a lot of people don't even realize that anymore. But he, but he did. He was he was in the main event of the first Mania. You know, and that um, the Hogan Cage match 
um, on Saturday night's main event where they both touched the floor at the same time. I mean, I remember being a kid, man, and, and just being like, wow, I mean, what, what's going to happen here? You know, it's just, it was like so compelling of wrestling and such, such easy storytelling, but it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable time. But, you know, even, even in his later days, um, the, the, the fortune teller stuff, you know, the, 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 the Gary Spivey WCW stuff is, is a very much a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, and if you haven't seen that stuff with Gary Spivey and order, you got to go watch that because it's, it's going to, it's going to pop you to the moon with that. But, um, I really loved, um, I really loved pretty wonderful. You know, the tag team that he had with, um, with Paul Roma and WCW, I thought that that was a, uh, that was one of the most underrated tag teams of all time. And that, that's probably a show that we should do at some point, just doing, uh, you know, most underrated tag teams too, but, but pretty wonderful. Uh, Paul Lorndorf just uh, as a singles wrestler too. I mean, that, that definitely a top 10 most underrated guy. Wow. What a guilty pleasure for you, Paul Roma. I love Paul Roma. <laughs> uh, so my number seven is another one where he had a lot of stuff that I had never seen previously. And all I know him for is that literally the end of his career. And that's Lance Storm. And I know he did a lot of great stuff in ECW and even into the uh, WCW as well. But I remember him as coming in as the Un-Americans with Test and Christian and then transitioning into that creepy little bastard run with uh, Steve Austin just yelling boring at him, even though like I didn't find him boring. but just him constantly yelling boring through all of his matches. I don't know. I just, I just always thought Lance Storm just never, ever got over the hump in WWE, never got his due. And that's mainly because he was just a guy kind of got lost in the shuffle anyways. And he was kind of tailing off too. great trainer, uh, still working. I, well, he might not be working now because of COVID, but and all that, but I think, well, he was a, um, producer backstage for WWE for a lot of years, but he's still, uh, wheels turning on cranking out a lot of people uh, at his training school, but always thought Lance Storm could have done a little bit better. And it kind of sucks though, because he, his last WWE match, I believe was 2005. So, I mean, right in the heart of when I was watching and him phasing out. So always one of the guys I thought that was on raw on the, on the raw brand that just never, I, I liked Lance Storm more than I like Christian on that show. For some reason, I can't even tell you why I just did. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Lance Storm fan too. I mean, my my probably my favorite thing um, from that from that WCW um, WWE run that he had there around that time was when he put the uh, he put the Canadian flag on, on the on the U.S. Heavyweight title. Yeah, uh, the, the sticker over top of the U.S. flag. <laughs> I always I always would pop so hard for that man. That, that, that was I always thought that was very cool. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, number six. Who you got for number six? Okay, so number six, I've got uh, uh, Chris Canyon for number six. So Canyon uh, is a guy, you know, really tragic story with this guy. Of course, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure, you know, most people are familiar with it now, but totally love Mortis also. You know, he's one of my favorite wrestlers there for a while. Love um, Mortis. When he, when he was on, you know, like Thunder and Saturday Night and stuff like that. I mean, I, I really love watching that guy. But um, innovator of offense, Moniker, obviously well-deserved with him. You know, a, a lot of really good, really good stuff in the ring. Um, I loved all his incarnations, man. You know, I, I love the, the the triple threat was awesome, you know, with DDP and uh, or the triad rather with uh, DDP yep. and, and, and Bam Bam was great. Um, I really love Mortis. I love Canyon on his own. I love Champagne Canyon. All that stuff was great work. And, you know, I, I feel like that, the, you know, his list 
was such a great part of the yeah. of that campaign character, right? It, it totally it, it made it so much cooler that he had you know a little bit of a of, of a speech impediment with that. But I mean, I, I love that guy, man. I can't say enough good stuff about Canyon. I love watching his matches. I love watching his offense. I'm sure he's inspired a lot of people, you know, down the line. But uh, the the Mike Awesome match um at slamboree in 2000 is really good so if you haven't if you haven't seen that i would go check that out and um you know today even i watched the um i watched the great american bash um 99 match where he and dallas win the tag belts from benoit and Saturn. now is the match perfect no but it's really good that's a really good match too so if you're looking for for two good matches to go check out during that time you know for uh for candy those are those are two pretty good ones yeah, so where I start or ended my run of WCW because I wanted to watch every single Nitro up until they closed business, and I am right around uh, Spring Stampede of '99, and I so I never got to that. But that uh, Mike Awesome is another guy that I need to do some more homework on for sure I mean, he because could, he everyone could be on this list too. That guy could be on this list too. Yeah, everyone always talks about Mike Awesome, and I just never, I, I mean, again, because I didn't dive into ECW, and then I never, I haven't, I still have yet to finish my WCW, so, but yeah, for sure, definitely, uh, definitely a big, I know Canyon as Mortis, so, like, I, whenever I think of Canyon, I think of Mortis, because I love Mortis, he just, I mean, just, what, a, what a shame, what a shame that they haven't done anything with, with that, with that character making, you know, elites or anything with that, with, with that yet, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, seriously. Come on, Sweaty Bill, get it together. Because yeah. like that that figure would be incredible. Like I'd buy so many of them. Just a rock and a stock. Uh all right. My number six is a current guy, uh, Chad Gable. And I think he's underrated. Just he just is a very he's a smaller Kurt Angle-ish style wrestler where he's very believable. Um, just, I don't understand the, the booking killed him dead and shorty G killed him dead too. And it's a real shame that they were really starting to push Jason Jordan. Cause I was never the, I didn't like Jason Jordan in that American alpha tag team in NXT. I always liked Chad Gable. And then when they made their way up to the main roster and it, it was very clear that they were pushing Jason Jordan a lot more. And then somehow Jason Jordan got thrown into that whole Kurt Angle Sun deal, which was the absolute shits. It should have absolutely been Chad Gable. And I just he he's starting to come around like he was in that finals for the King of the Ring a couple years ago with Baron Corbin. And that match was really good for sure. Watch that King of the Ring. He had a great run for the King of the Ring. And it's a real shame that he didn't win that. But if you're really looking for a good Chad Gable match for sure that NST NST NXT uh takeover Dallas with FTR versus American Alpha. That match is awesome. And probably everybody who's listening to this probably already seen that just because it's we're huge lovers of NXT, the original NXT. But always thought that Chad Gable could have had more and just never got enough. I really, uh, I really liked that the American Alpha. You know, when it, when they were in NXT, I, mean, I thought that that you know, like you were saying, that um, that tag team scene with them and Authors of Pain and uh, FTR at the time was really fun. So there's a there's a lot of really good matches between the three of them, which which are definitely worth going back and, and checking out for sure. Um, all right, we are that's halfway through our list here. Uh, who you got at your number five? Okay, so number five, I got I got a good one for you here here, Big Show. I got I got Mang at number five. 
So, you know, this <laughs> Manga's a guy, you know, I, I love the Islanders when I was a kid. You know, I, I really liked them. They were one of my favorite tag teams when I was a kid. And they just were they just were so different. You know, they were exotic. They wore, you know, flashy colors and stuff like that in the ring. And they were they were a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, it's always been kind of a pet peeve of mine over the years that the faces of fear, you know, him and the barbarian didn't get to win those tag team titles in, in WCW. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I thought that they were awesome in WCW. I thought Meng was, Meng was just so, so good. And he was such a part of, of some really cool tag teams. Um, the Islanders, obviously, you know, faces of fear. Um, he was in, he was in that, uh, the colossal connection too, with Andre, you know, in, in the, the WrestleMania six match um, against demolition where, where, you know, as, as Hawk who at the time, you know, that he carried the whole match as Andre couldn't do anything. You know, Andre was so immobile at that point that Hawk who ended up carrying the, carrying the whole match. And that match is, is really, really good. Um, you know, but his, his presentation in WCW to me was, was really everything that, that pro wrestling is supposed to be. I mean, you don't, you don't really have to have belts in order to be over and to be a real threat in every match. Right. And his matches mm-hmm. were so physical and they were so much fun to watch. And I, I went back and I watched that sting match, um, which was the, um, the finals of, uh, of the, the U S heavyweight title tournament, uh, great American bash 95. So, you know, you go back and watch that, you know, Sting and, and, and Ming in the finals of that of that tournament. And, you know, Ming kicked out of there. He, he powered out of the Scorpion Deathlock. And to, to my knowledge, I mean, that, that was probably the, you know, the first time somebody had done that or, or one of the very few times that somebody had done that in a match. So that was a big um, that was a big kind of kudos to him, you know, they, that they allowed him to do that against the guy that was kind of, you know, the, the, the flagship guy in the promotion, you know, I mean, obviously other than Hogan, you know, at that point, but Hogan had just come in recently, but you know, for him to be able to do that against Sting and that, that match was Sting is really good. Yeah. Huge, huge fan of Ming. Um, he was, I just know from watching those nitros that he was just so believable and he just, he was, what you said, a legitimate threat in every match. Like he was very believable. You always thought he was going to win every match and he never needed a belt. It, that that was one thing I always thought was awesome about Mang. Uh, yeah. My number five, another guy from that uh, era of uh, the nitros, Mr. Dean Malenko, which probably shouldn't be on the list just because everyone kind of already knows that, you know, Malenko was underrated or underappreciated or never really got like the big run, but I just love Malenko. I, anytime I watch a nitro or I throw an old nitro on, I I instantly gravitate towards any type of match that Malenko's having or anything that he was involved in. Uh, I love all of his work and just a real shame that, you know, he never really took off in WWE most like a lot of those guys that came over, you know, really the crown jewels of those two, of that whole group coming over, sadly not Perry Saturn, but for sure was Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and really sucks at those two guys. Cause I do like what those guys did in WCW. It just seems like it never, ever got translated over to WWE, but huge lover of Malenko and literally any match that you can find uh, on Nitro because those TV matches were awesome because they weren't very long. And, and sometimes they would, they would give them plenty of time to do the matches, which is what I really like too about nitros that they would give those cruiserweights the, the time. And that really built, that was the, the um, what's what I'm looking for. That was like the, the base of the show. Like it was all cruiserweights. And then you had Hogan and Bischoff and all the boys, you know, taking off for the whole third hour, but huge lover of Malenko. 
But yeah, uh, I, I love him too. The guy, the guy was great. I love when he first came in when he was the, uh, you know, the Iceman. And they, and you know, speaking of Sting, um, they put they put Malenko pretty much right into a program with Sting. You know, when he came in and was and was starting to get over a little bit. So that's a that's a big vote of confidence for that guy. You know, being an unknown guy that got put on TV and getting to work with Sting right away is pretty cool. Yep. All right, who you got for uh, number four? Okay, so number four, I've got a guy that that. I'm sure a lot of people would put this guy on their list, but I, I just wanted to make sure that we that we covered him because he he, he really does need to get as much credit as, as he as he possibly can. As Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, and I think uh, um, you know Bam Bam, unbelievable guy, unbelievable looking guy, super athletic. He just an absolutely insane look, right? I mean, there's there's nobody in in really wrestling history that looks like that guy. I mean, for him for him being as big as he is, man, and being as flexible as he is, I mean that that's definitely a guy that. It was was combining a fat burner with an energy pretty frequently during his, <laughs> during his journey, during his DDP yoga journey. Right. I mean, that, that's just what it, I mean, you, you just, that, that's how you start to build strength and you go from, you know, 25 to, to 30 to 35 minutes. And that, that's how you start to build strength on a mat. But, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, uh, with, with Bam Bam, I mean, there's there's so many good things to say about him. I mean, obviously, everybody knows uh, the um, the WrestleMania 11 match with Lawrence Taylor. Right. And it, right. it gets it gets panned a lot because that match went. It feel, that match feels like it went 35 minutes longer than it should have, right? By, <laughs> it did. I mean, by the end of that, man, Lawrence Taylor is so blown up. And, and Bam Bam is just carrying him minute after minute after minute. Now, obviously, the match went way too long. But, you know, for, for them to give for them to give Bam Bam that kind of a vote of confidence to, to be in that high profile of a match at Mania with a, with a big-time celebrity is is really, really kudos to him, right? And that's that's really great, to, really great to see that. But, you know, all the ECW stuff with, um, you know, his matches with RVD are fantastic. Um, all the stuff where he's partnered up with Douglas and Candido. I mean, like Candido's come up how many times in this, just in this, uh, yep. in this podcast alone? I mean, that, that's a guy that, that's a guy that could very easily be on here too, you know, Chris Candido. But, I mean, all, all of Bam Bam's stuff is, is just, is just really great. I, I like the, um, I really like the the Barry Windham match at Starcade '88, and you know I know I know that it's not everybody's favorite match in the world, but just being able to see a a, a relatively young Bam Bam in there working with a, another guy who's a big athletic guy and Windham is great, especially in his early days. He's he's really good. He's super athletic. He's a he's a big long athlete, you know. And, and seeing him and Bam Bam work together that that's one of my that's one of my favorite matches. For sure, yeah, I know. Um, anytime you get a guy in there, has got a head tat, you know, he's for sure combining an, an energy with a fat burner. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my number four, uh, I got hurricane Helms. I am a huge, I, I love hurricane so much. Um, his few, all that stuff that he did with the rock, whenever he came back as Hollywood rock it is just gold. All the stuff that he did uh, being the superhero, um, and then being in the uh, superhero in training with Rosie was phenomenal. Um, one of those matches we just watched whenever we went on our trip to New York was Armageddon 03. Now, they didn't win the, the tag team turmoil tournament in that thing, but they did beat Law Resistance. And uh, I'm a huge hater of Law Resistance. And uh, I just always loved Rosie and uh, Hurricane together. and. Hurricane had so many great gimmicks. Uh, Hurricane Helms, Gregory Helms. Uh, he just did so many good things. And uh, even going back to three count in WCW, hugely underrated in the business and an innovator of offense as well. 
Yeah, I love that guy, man. I, I love three count. <laughs> That's another one of my guilty pleasures in wrestling history. I mean, I, you know, Evan Courageous is, is another guilty pleasure from that group. And uh, uh, who, uh, Shannon Moore was the other guy. I mean, they were they were awesome. That, that was a really fun, really fun uh, trios team to watch. I mean, that was that was a good time. That was a good time watching those guys. For sure. For sure. All right. Uh, who is your uh, number three? Okay, well, number three, another guy um, I'm super, uh, super happy to talk about is Rick the Model Martell. I love, I'm a big Rick Martell fan. I've always been a Martell fan, you know, former AWA world champ. And I mean, for him to be AWA world champ at that time, um, not the easiest thing in the, in the world to do when you've got uh, the, the son of, of the promoter running, in, running around the locker room, right? So, mm-hmm. so for, for yeah, Martell yeah. to get that belt's pretty cool. I've always, uh, I've always had a lot of appreciation for Rick Martell's matches. He's, he's consistently an excellent worker um, in everything that he does. Um, unfortunately, he had a tag with Z-Man in the Can-Am Connection. Z-Man, you know, one of the biggest pieces of trash in, in wrestling history. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got we got a friend Billy who's who's a big Z-Man fan, and shout shout out to Billy with uh, with with Z-Man. So, but uh, <laughs> you know, I really I really like the the Strike Force stuff with Tito Santana's fun. Um, the the turn on Tito was really fun, and I remember you know being a kid when he when he was starting to turn on Tito. Man, I hated Rick Martel when he did that. Man, but excellent heel work um, there. Excellent heel work as the model. Um, just consistently a, a, a great heel promo, man. Such a such an awesome awesome thing to go back and check out those promos. But you know, I, I think another guy that gets remembered for kind of a strange match is is him being remembered for the blindfold match uh, with uh, with Jake the Snake, which is it, you know it's gotta it's gotta become a guilty pleasure, man. Because if if you're not if you're not a wrestling fan and you watch that blindfold match, you're gonna be like, what the hell am I doing watching this right now? This is so ridiculous, right? But <laughs> But when you're a fan and you're able to just laugh at it and enjoy it, it's 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 awesome. It's really fun, right? So I really uh, I really like that match, even though it's not uh, it's not really all that great. But um, one of his matches, kind of his kind of his later career, um, that was really good was the um, the Booker T match from Super Brawl Eight from '98 is really good, and and that was when that was when uh, Booker T was kind of you know just starting out to be uh, a, a big singles guy, right? And he was still kind of a relatively young guy. Um, and he was super athletic, man. And for him working with Martel, I mean, that had to be that had to be a lot of fun for him to be a you know a kind of a younger guy coming up and coming up in the ranks to get to work with a veteran like Martel. And I, I've always really liked uh, Rick DeMoto Martel a lot. I knew Martel was going to be on your list for sure. Of course, uh, he <laughs> yeah. And I really like Booker T from that era as well. And he's just uber athletic. But as he got deeper into his WWE runs King Booker the absolute shits. He should have yeah, been should have been on my overrated list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh number 3 for me, uh I got William Regal. He's a man. And uh he just he's still doing it to like he doesn't even have to wrestle anymore, but he, that guy's just so good on the mic. And had had some title success. He definitely had the European title. Like, I mean, who else is going to have the European title in WWE for all those years? Uh, always loved his work as general manager, and especially even now, as uh, as he transitioned from you know the general manager at NXT and all that. Now he's with AEW and is the manager of the Blackpool Combat Clubs. I love all that, and um, I really like his WrestleMania 17 match with Chris Jericho and that whole like feud that he had with Chris Jericho and how, you know, Jericho peed in his tea and all that, like loved all of that. And just really huge fan of William Regal. And it, he just, I can't say enough good things about Regal. He's just awesome. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like Lord Steven Regal wrestled on every WCW Saturday night for about yeah. three weeks straight. And he was, he was, he, I, I feel like that guy was WCW television champion from like 1985 until like 2003. So, yes. I mean, you know, and those matches were great. I mean, he had, he had really great matches with Steamboat. Uh, all the stuff that he did, you know, in WCW, I was a huge fan of that stuff too. And then obviously when he went over to WWE, he did a great job over there. And then all the work he did in NXT, man. I mean, you can't, you can't say enough good stuff about what that guy's contributed to, to wrestling over the years. Yeah, and that's one thing that I wish that they they put up on Peacock. I wish they put up more WCW Saturday Night. And the one thing I have this, I, this is going to sound insane, but I really want them to put up Worldwide on Peacock. I know they never will do it, but I want to watch Worldwide so bad. Sure, and I know I'm going to hate it, <laughs> but I just I just want to watch it so badly. You know, the thing that irritates me about that, too, kind of kind of on the same vein is I, I've been trying to go back and, and find certain matches on Saturday night's main events over the years. and They don't have all the shows listed yet. So it's it's really, you know, you're paying you're paying for the content. And I, I get it. They want to, you know, un unveil things at certain times and, and not put everything up all at once. But it would be nice to be able to go back and, and just find that stuff anytime you want to find it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, we're in our top two. Who uh, who's number two on your list? All right, Baker, we're we're getting down to it now, man. We're we're really getting down to crunch time here. So, yeah. so my uh, my number two, and and I'm and I want to say this up front. I did not go into this thinking that this guy was going to be this high on my list. I really didn't. <laughs> but number two for me is Ultimo Dragon, and that 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 is a guy that I mean, I I didn't realize how much of a fan I was of this guy until I started to do the work for this list, you know, over the course of the past week. I mean, there's very few people in wrestling that I have more fun watching than Ultimo Dragon Man. I mean, this is a guy that, that was trained in, in Japan. He was trained in Mexico. He can work the Japanese style. He can work the Lucha Libre style. He's just so, so colorful and so much fun and so innovative in the ring. It's, it's just a, it's, it's really fun to watch that guy, you know, but um, looking for, looking for matches of his, that are kind of, you know, off the radar a little bit because everybody kind of knows him from the um, from the 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 WCW run and the uh, the WWE run too there for a little bit. But looking for stuff that's kind of off the radar, um, there's a couple Otani matches in Japan that are really good. So if you're if you're looking for stuff with him, it's a little bit earlier, you know, than the uh, than the WCW stuff. That might be that might be worth looking to because I mean I, most most U.S. fans, you know, just like I am, were introduced to him through the WCW stuff where he had. He came out with with Sonny Ono, and he had forty five different belts draped off of him, right? And that that in itself is a really cool presentation, a really cool gimmick to introduce a guy. So I, I always thought that that was really fun. But I mean, he's a guy with a really fast, really fast style, great look, such a cool blend of styles, man. But uh, you know, you always you always hear about people like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, you know, justifiably being the ones who who have kind of influenced so many so many wrestlers down the line. But I'm willing to bet that Ultimo Dragon has has influenced hundreds of people down the line too. That you know we just haven't really heard about it yet. But I mean the 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 two the two Malenko matches with him um, in WCW for me are the ones that kind of kind of stand out. And th those were those are excellent, man. That's Clash 34 was a really good match. And Starcade '96 is a really yes. good match with Malenko too, and I mean, I mean, look, Malenko is going to have good matches with anybody. Yep. <laughs> so seeing seeing one of the one of the most innovative, you know, best high fly high flying workers of all time in there with him is just a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to watch those matches. Yeah, and so like Ultimo for sure. Uh, I think kind of recently, who we can all think about, who might be uh, taboo to say his name right now, 
but uh, Mr. Kenny Omega, Kenny Olivier, uh, for sure is influenced by him because he tried to do the whole uh, the whole title belts draped all over him last year. Um, but I was introduced to Ultima Dragon originally through the SmackDown Here Comes the Pain game. Never even heard of who that guy was. And then randomly, he was just on the roster of that game. And I like I don't even remember seeing him on a show. I just remember seeing him in the game. And then obviously I've gone back and I've seen the nitros and stuff like that. And you're right. That, that is one that I should have mentioned in Malenko. Uh, those start that star cave match was awesome. Yeah. I mean, go, going back and watching those, those Ultimo dragon matches are so much fun. And that, that's, that's the only word I can really, you know, use for it. I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to watch that guy work and to see him jump around and do innovative stuff and have great matches with anybody. It's, it's a lot of fun to see it. It's funny. You mentioned him because I just was showing my coworker today. He, like is not a wrestling fan. He's starting to like, he's starting to understand it because I, I mean, that's obviously all I talk about, but um, he was, I was showing him like the different styles of wrestling and like the Japan style is the strong style. And then I showed him Lucha Libre and I showed him the, um, I showed him Ray Phoenix, which kind of led into a Pentagon match that was recent with Ultimo Dragon and, and Pentagon, which I don't even know if it's the same Ultimo Dragon. I'm assuming it probably is. I don't know, but I thought that was awesome, especially that for the fact that he's on your list today, because I yeah, literally very, just showed cool. him that a couple hours ago. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's very cool. Uh, all right. Number two on my list is uh, this one should pop the boys is Das Wonder Kid, Alex Wright. All right. I, you know, he's uh, the classic dick dancing, the dick dancer before the real dick dancer. And we're not even going to say his name, but. Uh, I love Alex Wright and literally any match that you can find where he beats the shit out of uh, Disco Inferno is a great match. That's all I'll say about that. Cause I, I, I just saw, I was watching a couple of nitros. I can't remember which ones they were, which is why I don't have them dated here, but he was just, he beat, he had a feud with Disco. I think it was in 98 or 97 or something like that. And he just beat Disco every time. And I thought it was great. Cause I can't stand Disco. Disco is for certain somebody that I left off of my overrated list that I'm so pissed and I wish I could do it over again because Disco would be over Big Show and over Sheamus. Because I, I wish I wish I could see a stat of I don't I mean obviously there's no way you'd ever figure this out but I wish I could see a stat of what wrestlers matches have I skipped the most over the years <laughs> and it's Disco Inferno man that, for sure is. <laughs> yeah oh oh yeah. And like, oh, I can't stand Disco Inferno, man. And he's even worse now, like on Twitter, like he, that guy. He's got a lot of opinions, that guy. <laughs> he's his time should be done on planet Earth. He needs to find <laughs> somewhere else to live because nobody here wants him here. And oh, man. yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but we're, we're t- I'm taking away from Alex Wright. But Alex Wright, I, I, I love his matches, his presentation. It really sucks because you know, Barnett and all that deal, but, and he kind of got pushed aside and never really, he really got the ceiling hung on him there. But I always thought, and when I went back and watched those matches, like, how did this guy, like they were talking him up on early when he debuted. And then it was just not like, he just never, ever got to the next level. And I think that that was on Bischoff. I don't think Bischoff wouldn't ever put him over, but uh, say what you want about Bischoff today, but 
I don't know. I just always liked all of his matches and just kind of really sucks that, you know, he never got over the hump. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, my, my wife and I went to Germany on our honeymoon and, uh, he's and Alex Wright is from Nuremberg and we, we went to Nuremberg on that trip and we walked around Nuremberg for a whole day, man. I, t- I can't tell you how disappointed I was that I didn't run into Alex Wright in Nuremberg. <laughs> I mean, that that's like the, that, that, that ruined the whole trip for me, the whole honeymoon. I didn't get to, I didn't get to meet Alex Wright, but, uh, you know, the, the, the run is Berlin. Not so good. Right. But I think, uh, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Fair. I Very I, I fair. I, I, think I like the, I think I like the city of Berlin a little bit better than the, uh, than the wrestler Berlin. You know, Berlin was so bad. I forgot about it. Well, <laughs> you know, as, you, as you probably should. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So we're at the very top of the list. Um, who is your number one? Okay, Baker, I'm going to try to pop you here with this one. So, you know, my, my number one uh, most underrated of all time is Gorilla Monsoon. And <laughs> Oh, will you stop? I mean, I don't understand why people think that he was not great on the mic. Now, let, let's just talk about that here for a second. Is, is, he, is he the best, you know, play-by-play guy? Probably not. Probably not the best play-by-play guy, but... Think about what the presentation was of the WWF, right? You've got you've got a a, a babyface guy and a heel guy, right? You've got Monsoon working with Heenan, yeah. Monsoon working with Jesse Ventura. They both of those combinations, in my opinion, are are probably top two or three combinations of of announcing teams in 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 wrestling television history, in my opinion. So I really I really always liked. Uh, always like monsoon i always liked the fact that he presented it like it was a real sport and always talked about it like it was a real thing right and and i i uh i don't really understand why he was voted by the observer and you know look i, I there's a lot of good things that, that dave does that i like a lot and there's a lot of things that dave does that i don't like a lot so <laughs> oh, you, know, yeah, we we, you know with with the observer I'm, I'm not sure why he was why he was voted worst commentator a couple times but you know for the um for the, for the presentation of what the wwf was at that time um, it was it was really good, and he was great at covering up p- people's mistakes in the ring too. So for me, um, number one underrated of all time. Um, I, I really I really do enjoy listening to, to Gorilla Monsoon work uh, work to commentating. That is that is a really good number one. I wasn't expecting to get that number one, but uh, kind of like when when we were kind of thrusted into the original Junk Bees, our uh, group chat. I was a huge Gorilla Monsoon hater. And as time is passing, I am slowly turning uh, to the babyface side of Gorilla Monsoon. So, hey, man, we're, 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 we're watching you grow up right in front of us, man. It's, it's correct. Pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> what, a, what a time to be alive. I see your Gorilla Monsoon, and I'll raise you Lee Marshall. Oh, man, I love, I love Lee Marshall. I know. I love Lee Marshall so much. And for the fact that he was Tony the Tiger's voice on all those commercials is even better. And his 1-800-999-9900 call collect little tidbits they did every week where he ended it with something to just ending it with Weasel and Heenan is gold. Yeah, absolutely love Lee Marshall to death. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's those little things like that that really, that really, you know, make the show special. And he was, he was fantastic at it. Yep. Uh, so my number one, this, people are probably going to think that this is going to sound ridiculous, but my number one is the fact that this guy, not that he ever really needed 
a major like world title, but he's been all over the place, worked every promotion, and mainly he never really got to that top because of his demons and basically for who he was too. Um, but my most underrated, I feel, is Gold Dust or just Dustin Rhodes in general. And I think that, you know, he really got the huge push when he came in, when he first debuted as the natural for obvious reasons, because Dusty was there, ends up leaving, going to WWE and becoming the gold dust character that we all know. And the androgynous and the mysterious, the mystique of what gold dust was and and being a, a good intercontinental champion, I would say, and having the, um, the backyard, the backlot brawl match with Piper at that WrestleMania. And he's had a lot of great stuff in his career, but he's just, he's just never, ever been the guy. And it always kind of felt like he could have maybe been the guy at some point, but he just never, ever broke through because he always had his demons. And um, some of my favorite stuff from Dustin is obviously I'm extremely biased because I'm a huge Rhodes family fan, but obviously in his later years, which this is, this is incredible. The match that he had with Cody at double or nothing at his age and where he was in his career it for the fact that he could do that is incredible. And, um, (laughs) the, my, I will give a, spoiler to our best tag teams because my favorite tag team of all time and this will for sure pop you is booker t and gold dust <laughs> and I, I those i love love gold dust just doing whatever he wanted on that show with goldberg and the nwo and being steve Irwin and all that shit is so fantastic and there gold dust has and, and, and then we can get into the Tourette's thing, too, because that whole thing, as politically incorrect as it is now, was it, you cannot watch that and not laugh. I mean, is it a Tourette's gimmick? Probably. I mean, you, it's pretty obvious what it is. I mean, he was electrocuted, but not that that is funny, but like him as the character, you just I love gold dust in the in the brand extension. And and I and I love Dustin a little bit more now because just for the fact he came out he did a he did a damn bunkhouse match a year and a half ago like the dude can still go in the ring and it's incredible and just kind of always always felt that gold dust was underrated because he just never ever got to the height that he probably should have been yeah i i I, uh i wasn't the biggest fan in the world of the natural in wcw um, I'm still chasing that galoob. So if, if anybody has the Dustin, the Dustin Rhodes galoob that they want to, you know, give to me for free, I'd, I'd love to take it from you. But, um, you know, where where he went between the natural and gold dust, I mean, that's got to be the the just the biggest transition for somebody, right? Over yeah. the course of over the course of of maybe all of wrestling. I mean, it, it just shows you. I mean, when when he was the natural, he he didn't have a whole lot of personality. I mean, good worker, obviously good worker. You know, really you know, really good in the ring and everything, but didn't really have much personality. But when he, when he got the paint and he got the outfit and he was able to just run wild with that character, man, I mean, he really just, just, a, just phenomenal, phenomenal job with that, man. It's, it's just a, just an unbelievable run. And we won't mention seven. 
Uh, yeah, that that wasn't good. <laughs> I will, but I will, but I will say, I will say this though to pop anybody uh, who who knows what we're talking about with Seven. I mean that they took that character from the movie Dark City, and Dark City is one of the best, one of the best you know sci-fi movies um, of all time. So if you've never seen Dark City, go check that out because that's a pretty fun movie to watch. Never seen it, but I'm sure that you probably dug deep into uh, Amazon Prime for it. Hey man, Rufus Sewell, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our list. Do you want to run over the list one more time for everybody? So we get our full, uh, a full top 10 run. Yeah. Let me, uh, so let me just say again, you know, what, what I wanted to do with mine was I wanted to just kind of go a little deeper, you know, with guys that guys that haven't, haven't really gotten as much, um, notoriety over the course of time than what they probably deserve. Right. So I want to go a little little bit more of a deep cut. So my number 10 was Savio Vega. Um, my number, my number nine was gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Um, number eight, Tracy Smothers. Uh, number seven, Paul Lorndorf. Number six, Mortis slash Canyon. Uh, number five, Mang slash Haku. Uh, number four, Bam Bam. Number three, the model Rick Martel. Number two, Ultimo Dragon. And my number one was uh, Gorilla Monsoon. What a, I love your list. Your list is deep <laughs> cuts. And, and going off of what uh, Jarhead said here, it, my list is basically compiled of, I mean, the common theme here is all of mine are cruiserweights that never, ever extended outside of the cruiserweight division. And um, so my list, uh, number 10, ex- excluding Dan Barry. Dan Barry is obviously the outlier to my list here. Uh, but we love you, Dan. Was, we love you. We love you, Dan. Uh, but number, t- number 10 is Dan Barry. Uh, number nine, Tajiri. Uh, eight is Billy Kidman. Seven, Lance Storm. Six is Chad Gable. Five, Dean Malenko. Four is Hurricane. Three, William Regal. Two, Das Wonder Kid. And number one, Gold Dust. Awesome. Love it. So, uh, you got anything else you want to share on the uh, Podski? Uh, but uh, is there anybody else? Uh, anything else you want to plug on the Podski here? You know, man, I, I just want to say again how much fun it was to, to come on here and do this, you know, and talk about talk a little wrestling with you, you know, and, and get this thing going. But love being here. I definitely appreciate the invite. I'm looking forward to coming back again, you know, sometime in the future. But, uh, you know, a lot of fun, man. Pod, the podski's great. I listen to it every week. I think you're doing a heck of a job with it. It gets it gets better every single week, man. So I'm, I'm really happy for you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for being on. We are for sure going to have you on as a reoccurring guest. Uh, we're going to uh, kill the line here. but. I believe you're going to be our uh, top 10 list guy. Yeah, let's do it. I'm all in. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. We will for sure have you back. And thank you. Hey, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. All right. Huge thank you to AZ Jarhead. What an episode. That one was for sure for the boys looking for all the pops. And I know a bunch of them really, really popped me to the moon. Some of them. So, (laughs) Uh, but again, huge thank you to AZ Jarhead. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Podski. We are, our show is growing every week here. I'm getting so many more downloads a week. We're getting, we've already surpassed the 300 mark. So thank you to all of you who are listening to the Podski, um, we're going to keep this going for as long as we want to, because we can. And (laughs) hopefully you all enjoy everything that we're doing here, and you rate, review, subscribe, 
you, you're putting us over, you're showing us the love, and um, giving us the follow on Twitter at the underscore Podski, following us on Facebook, all of the good stuff that you can always possibly do for the show. Interact with us, let us know how you're feeling about how we're doing, and we will see you next time on the Podski.